Well, it's Groundhog Day uh, again. Well, it's Groundhog Day again. <laughs> should we just keep going? We should. That is an homage, of course, to the wonderful Bill Murray movie that I lent Michelle exactly a year ago today, and she is still yet to watch. I have not watched it. You are right, but I did return it. Yes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold fast on that. <laughs> it's, it, I, I can't leave a DVD lying around. True, a DVD. That's almost. That's like my generation's version of the VHS, right? It totally is. Good God. Good God. You know, it's funny. It's a year ago today, we reenacted the whole opening scene to that movie. That's right. Yeah, on air. That was fun. That is funny. Yeah. Good memories yeah. that I didn't remember. Yeah, good job, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have another bit of inspiration for us. Yes. You want to hit us with the Groundhog Day, Wednesday, the 2nd of February, 2022? Leave an impression, period. Short, sweet, to the point. Effective. Yeah, the question that I start with is how often do you consciously go out of your way to leave an impression? Is no impression better than a bad impression? Ooh. Is there even such a thing as a bad impression? Depends. I was once told by an elder that it's better to have bad breath than no breath at all. <laughs> with amen, very true. Very true. So you're you're hitting us with a lot of like deep thoughts right now. It as it should be. And I'll, I'll give you I'll give you another one. Yeah. Are you the one that people don't remember when you leave the room? Silence. I love it. And are you the one who wants it that way? Right. Are you compelled to be the wallflower? Right. Ooh. And if. You aren't here to leave a mark. What are you here for? Boom. We all know where it starts, though. It starts with what, Michelle? It starts with giving a shit. Yes. Give a shit. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> but most don't seem to give a shit. Most don't seem to care at all whatsoever. Mm -hmm. So guess, guess what I did, Michelle? <laughs> this probably propelled you into some pensive thinking, so you had to have done the research. I did. Yeah. And I have to say there isn't much out there in terms of studying the percentage of people who consciously go out and purposefully leave an impression, there are a number of studies on first impressions. And, and one that really was startling to me mm -hmm. was uh, done with a group of 2,000 participants and nearly seven out of 10 formed first impressions about a person before there was any conversation. That does not surprise me one bit. Really? Does, does, isn't the... Isn't the studies on the brain like you've already like it's even like just instantly yeah we have so many roadmaps of if if you think this then your brain goes here if you think that then it, it goes here automatically just by the nonverbal cues and what you look like and how you're standing right this study actually corroborates exactly what you're saying it says that they were basing their opinions on appearances alone and and like you said within seven seconds of meeting the person. So holy shit, you know, my opinion of this is absolute trash and that people are narrow-minded. But it also, to me, on this subject matter, it's very important now and ratchets up the urgency of my message today, which is to inspire everyone to be more cognizant 
of leaving an impression worthy of who you are. Well, you know, we were, we learned this stuff. We learned that, you know, how to give, how to appear in an interview, how to appear, how to make the first, like from like birth to where we are now, it's always been instilled, leave a good impression, leave a good first impression. Here's all the cues we're mentally picking up before anything starts. So terrifying. Seven seconds. I would, I would even, I'm willing to even bet it's like three seconds. Yeah. Which means it's how you wear your hair, you know, what, what color is your skin? You know, what is your Mm -hmm. apparent orientation? I mean, holy cow, they're already, they're, they're sizing you up before you've even had a chance to really leave an impression. So then to me, it's also to do it, you know, and reverse engineer it. You've got to really make sure that you go the distance to leave the impression that you want to leave. And that takes some effort. That takes some doing. That takes some action. If you just sit quietly in the corner, you're being judged and very, very likely incorrectly. Right. And it also is the shoe on the other foot. It takes power to retrain your brain that's fine if the impulse from a fight or flight assessing the situation am i going to be eaten or do i need to run type scenario Mm. is then when you've made that first impression to be curious and open-minded to allow it to change once you get all the facts right so it goes both ways right for sure well and i think both obviously both take a conscious effort and obviously both take some level of maturity and cognizance, right? Yep. And that kind of brings us to, actually that doesn't kind of bring us, that, that's a perfect segue into the two stories I have to share today that sparked this whole thing. One of the things that we did over the weekend, Michelle, was we, we wound up at Helms. And this was part yeah. of my tune-up process where I just did a whole bunch of stuff that I like to do and cigar smoking happens to be one of them. I walked in You've introduced me to Helms. We yes. actually podcasted. Yes, we sure did. Helms. Yep. Wyatt and Ellen, proprietors. Every time I go in there, it's something new and fun and always a little offbeat. This was no difference. So I had Daisy and I had Hunter with me. There was a table adjacent to us with, I think, four people. And, and, and I, I just said something un, unwittingly that actually kind of proves my point. I, I can't remember how many people were in that table, oh. but I do remember one person. It was a gal from Seattle and why I remember her and you, I sent you the photos for yes, frame of reference. She fell in love with Daisy and was on the floor with her, like literally rolling around on the floor <laughs> with Daisy and her, her friends were like getting embarrassed and saying maybe she had too much to drink or whatever. I, I, didn't, I didn't give a shit. Right. I, I thought this was great. And I was so much, I was so closely bonded to her throughout this whole process to the degree that I took photographs of it. And here's the funny thing. While her friends were embarrassed and, and trying to get her up off the floor and they were worried that she was causing a scene, she's the only person I actually remember for the whole experience. Fascinating. Which, duh. I mean... It, it it only stands to reason. Right. So I don't know why I'm so shocked, but what an interesting takeaway and view of the night. Because I think most people would be like, oh my God, do you remember that girl 
she was so drunk and out of control. And here you are. I totally adored her energy. And then her friends were like, oh, kept apologizing. And you're like, no, that's no big deal. No. I I will tell you what. She challenged my level of self-consciousness because she was in unadulterated joy. She was right in that joy spot. And I, there was a part of me that wanted to get down on the floor with her, but I thought that that would be too weird. And I didn't want to, I didn't want to kind (laughs) of wheeze on her gig. Right. I didn't want to screw her, (laughs) her energy up, but I, I wanted nothing more than to roll on the floor because it looked so good. That's awesome. She was definitely loving every second of it. And so was the dog. See, I feel like you're changing people's perspective right now, because I think of the vast majority would be like, Oh, that poor girl is so drunk. And now you're allowing you're you're helping us shape that perspective of even if she is she's one having fun two doing no harm and three leaving an imprint on your brain that you could not have synopsized that any better than you did and it's been recognized back to Wyatt and Ellen so Wyatt comes over because I think you remember the last time I was at at Helms we had the cigar challenge where we were trying to get the longest ash we possibly could and passing around the cigar. There were three of us and it was kind of Russian roulette. And we said, whoever lost the ash had to do 20 push-ups. Well, I was holding the cigar when the ash fell. So I get to get on the ground. I start doing my push-ups and this, this dude that was sitting at a table adjacent to us said, hey man, I can't watch a brother do this alone. Nobody should do push-ups alone. He got down there with me and did them as well. And of course I'm remembering nice. him now and I'm remembering that experience. Wyatt, Wyatt turns the corner. He sees this, this gal on the floor with Daisy rolling around and he looks at me and he says, every time you come in here, something weird goes on. (laughs) You know what your, your reply should have been? Yeah. She's making a real ash out of herself. Oh my. (laughs) Does that need to be deleted out? (laughs) No, of course not. We're keeping it. We're keeping it. Somebody out there laughed. <laughs> Probably my mom. Totally. <laughs> there you go, mom. You got a free one. <laughs> but seriously, that 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 impression, that impression, it, it it stays with everybody. It stayed with with Wyatt and Ellen. It stayed with with my cousin and I. I'm assuming with Daisy as well. She's probably like, "Well, this never happens." <laughs> and I feel like the proprietors of Helms could have said, sorry, no dogs allowed. And oh, yeah. look at what they would have been missing out on. That's true. You know, I don't give them enough credit yes. for that. They, when we go in, they're, they're off leash. They're running around, they're mm-hmm. greeting guests oh, and everybody loves them. So that, that opportunity would have been completely missed had they had a different perspective. And a lot of business owners do. They, yeah. they worry, right? right. So the, the, the second story, however, is, is the, in my opinion, the better of the two. I was new to Monterey and I was choosing a new dentist. So I went to the dentist with this conscious thought that I'm going to leave a very strong first impression. So I have a fart machine. Oh my gosh. Yes. At the dentist's office. It's remote control. I put it in my pocket. I turned it on full blast and I pulled the front desk person aside and I said, I'm going to pull a prank on, on your boss. I said, this is what the prank's going to be. I'm going to say that I have this terrible fear of <laughs> dentistry. <laughs> and when I get nervous, I pass gas. 
and <laughs> I'm just going to force him to be like okay with Only it. you. Right? So they loved it. And the dental assistant was let in on it. So I'm in the chair and I look up at the dental assistant and I wink and she gives a huge smile. She had a mask on. So like three minutes in after I announced that I might have some gas and I apologize in advance, I, I just ripped it. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. And he's like, no, it's okay. It's okay. And I was just hitting it like every five or six <laughs> seconds. <laughs> it was a symphony of ass. And at the very end, I, find, I pull it out of my pocket and I said, I'm just kidding. This was a fart machine. <laughs> And he's all, I was wondering why there wasn't any smell. I was just going to say, surely he had to have picked up on no smell. <laughs> so, and he said he, he admitted he, when the procedure was over, he went in the other room and he started laughing his ass off. <laughs> and his assistant said, I, he, she couldn't believe how composed he was through the whole thing. So of course, now when I go in there, and the staff has changed because this was like, Jesus, this was like six years ago. The staff has changed. When I go in, <laughs> I don't know what they wrote in my chart, <laughs> but when they look up, they, they smile or start to laugh. <gasps> no way. Yes. They know I'm the fart guy. And so now my dentist and I are friends because of that one small thoughtful gesture that brought us together. Who thinks like this? And the question is, why? Why am I the only one? Oh, yeah. <laughs> My life is so much richer by connecting with other people and by doing it in a creative, weird way. I'd be willing to bet I'm the only person on the planet that's ever done that. I would second that. But why? All it took was, number one, Michelle. Giving a shit. Yep. And number two, execution. And the rest is history. And it's a great story to tell. It's a fabulous story. You know he's told it many times over. Oh, I'm certain. I can only imagine at a dinner party over wine, like, you'll never guess what my patient did right. today. And then now it's, now it's being shared and enjoyed and, and a visceral response from other people and a, a good laugh. What's, what's more therapeutic than a good laugh, right? Love it. So what better gift to give than... My mere appearance coaxes joy and laughter from a stranger. Oh, God. So I've got to ask, when you leave the room, does anyone notice? And if not, let's get together and we'll fix that. Michelle, there goes the homework bell. I want this question and this homework to sit with you all day and see if it changes the way you act. So this is like, you have to really soak this in. I ponder this question all the time. Like if I knew I could write a book that was going to be so successful and so helpful for others, would I just plunge feet first into it? Even though the, the voices in my side, my head were saying, you can't write, you're not a writer. You've never taken a writing class. How would that flip your story if you knew the outcome that you were going to be a famous New York bestseller author? Wouldn't you do it faster? Wouldn't you start today? And wouldn't you keep showing up every day to get that book written? Holy crap, where's my typewriter? Right? Yeah. So what if someone just said, stop listening to the voices inside your head, and, but you knew for a fact that it was going to be a success? 
I feel like that's how I love to approach life, knowing the outcome is going to be good. So just do it. You know, that's a great point. And you know, I don't have any failure stories. And if I did, those would be even funnier, I think. See? So what's what's the harm in doing this, right? What's You, you can't fail with that paradigm of thinking. Right. Wow, this is deep. I'm going to actually think about this. Not that I don't think about your other homework. but No, some, some are thinkers, this, this, I think. This one I'm going to yeah. sit with. Yeah, I'm going to sit Process with it for a while. that one. In the meantime, get out there and fly your kite. Yaw, Koki! You're an ash. I know. <laughs> <laughs>